Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. S REITs are in focus today. We're going to take a look at rising interest rates and ask what could their impact be on REITs here in Singapore? Will the cost of refinancing for S REITs be manageable? Perhaps not as large? Will the impact of rising interest rates perhaps be not as large as investors fear on REITs here? With streamlined border measures and new VTLs announced by us with Hong Kong, Philippines, Thailand, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, UAE and Israel, are there green shoots for retail and hospitality SREITs in this new phase of the pandemic? Then we'll take a look at MCT and MNACT, that merger. One week ago, activist investor court said it opposes the terms of the merger, that $4.2 billion merger, urging Maple Tree North Asia Commercial Trust to negotiate for an improved offer from Maple Tree Commercial Trust. So we're going to map the possible outcomes, all that coming your way. First up, let's say good morning to Kenny Lowe, REIT Specialist and Independent Financial Advisor. Good morning, Kenny. Hey, good morning, Michelle. How are you doing? Let's take a look at the S-REITs earnings so far and what you can pick up there. Yeah, so far, uh, we have 30 REITs and all hospitality trust has already reported the earnings or post-business uh, update, uh, including the, this morning uh, earnings released by the Elite Commercial uh, REIT. So, so far, I've seen that more than 50% of them has reported increasing in the dividend, uh, DPO, and also uh, the NAV. Uh, which is a good sign because it shows that actually uh, Singapore sector is on a good recovering mode. As expected, the hospitality sector uh, actually doubling or tripling their DPO payout six months to six months comparison. So the, the hospitality sector is recovering pretty strongly. So DBS recently said it's positive on S-REITs and it thinks that the impact on interest rates could be more muted than what markets are currently pricing in and expecting. They say they see ample defences being put up by S-REITs in terms of hedging their interest costs in fixed rates and minimising the impact of higher rates on distribution. What is your perspective on how interest rate hikes could impact S-REITs, Kenny? Yeah, I I think so far, uh, based on what we read on the news and also some of the analysts itself, I think the interest rate impact on S-REIT is really overblown. Based on the latest S-REIT index, we don't see a huge sell-off in the S-REIT index. Uh, instead, actually, currently, it's rebounding pretty strongly. If you look back at the past uh, rate hike from 2016 to 2018, just purely uh, analyze the chart pattern. S-REIT actually has gone through about 10% correction just prior to the actual rate hike. And at the present moment, the history looks like repeating itself. We have a 10% correction before the actual rate hike is going to, which is going to happen on the next month or FOMC meeting. Now that we are seeing that actually recurring on the rate price itself, if the history really repeat by itself based on the 2016 to 2018 cycle, I would see that there is the opportunity for S rate to go by another 30% of such potential on top of the 6% annual dividend. Wow. So this is purely based on chart pattern itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but there are some other impacts. There mm. are some other impacts mm. like, uh, for example, the borrowing cost, the property income, and also the use spread itself, which 
which has an impact on the S-Week. So as we see Singapore's border reopening progressively and this new phase of the pandemic, everybody's looking for stocks that could potentially benefit, right? And on the SGX, there are 12 SREITs and property t- trusts with significant exposure to hospitality assets, uh, with retail assets. Do you expect them to continue to generate positive returns, which we've seen these 12 trusts generate in just the month of February to date? Based on the latest earnings result, hospitality sector now is still on the recurring mode. The, the performance is fantastic for the time being, but mm-hmm. there are still a lot of opportunities to go up, especially all those hospitality areas that have uh, exposure to Singapore itself. Right, but for the retail side, some of the REIT, for example, Fraser, Center Point, and those uh, retail malls, we have exposure to suburban mall. For during the past two years pandemic, their DPO was really supported by local consumption. That's why, based on the latest earnings, you don't see a really huge growth in terms of DPO. So, when uh, during the reopening, I think that those REIT with much better uh, upside DPO potential will mm. be more on the tourist related, right? For example, those REIT which are located on the Orchard Route and maybe the Maple Tree Commercial Trust, we have a Vivo City there, and maybe Suntech REIT itself. Those are really exposed to the tourists. And what's the outlook for industrial logistics REITs, um, given what we can see so far? Are they likely to continue to benefit from increasing demand, say, for business parks? There would be the proper restructuring uh, moving towards more on the new economy uh, sector itself. Industrial and also logistics definitely have a place to stay. They'll continue to do well mm. in terms of the stable dividend. But in terms of the so-called sentiment at the present moment based on the proper rebalancing, we, we are seeing that retail sector and also hospitality sector, the share price start to moving up. But the industrial and logistics sector, their share price is more or less muted for the time being. Got it. Let's uh, now talk about that merger, Maple Tree Commercial Trust, MNACT Courts are hearing the application for the merger by Maple Tree North Asia Commercial Trust for Maple Tree Commercial Trust today, this morning. Uh, activist investor Courts Capital making the news last week. It's urged MNACT unit holders to demand better terms or vote against the deal. It said the merger values MNACT at a discount to its net asset value and the transaction will destroy value for unit holders. Bring us up to speed in terms of uh, Quartz's opposition to the terms and what are the possible outcomes? It's quite interesting that when Quartz uh, make the count proposal, because after they make the count proposal, I just go back to analyze some of the uh, facts, some of the data uh, from MNACT. If you look at the, the previous five years PNAP price to NAV uh, trend, the five years average PNAP historical average is about 0.82, which means that most of the time they are traded about 18% to the price to book value. Whereas the MCP offer is one times the price to book. And if I look back to the five years, uh, the highest was uh, what was the price to book uh, range. MNNCT was traded uh, plus two standard duration above the historical five years average, which is 1.04. So, in short, the offer made by MCT is pretty on the high end. Hmm. It's pretty on the high end, right? And, and at the same time, probably investor has to go back to do the due diligence instead of just listen to this uh, activist. If you look at the NAV, it has been decreasing trend since Q1 2019. It has been on a decreasing trend for the past three years. 
the NAV dropped from 1.44 to 1.23, which is a 14.5% drop. At the same time, the gearing has increased close to 14%, increased from 36.9% to 42.1%. All right? So based on the current fundamental and also financial ratio, if the fundamental of this read has not changed, I don't think there will be a strong turnaround in terms of financial performance because if the trend is going to continue and eventually the investor may be suffered. Because one of the arguments that say that uh, more than 6% of dividend yield, actually, why should we emerge with MCT? But the key question is, can this 6% yield sustainable based on the inherent weakness of the portfolio and if they are not able to grow? So that is based on the data itself, the way I look at it. How much higher of an offer do you think uh, can unit holders ask for or expect? Unless they are seeing something I, I, I cannot see. So purely based on the data itself, mm. I don't think the offer will be much more higher or maybe they'll remain the same because it's close to the high end on a five-year average. Interesting perspective, Kenny. Given your scenarios, then what are shareholders' options? Basically, there are three options. I think that quite a number of a shareholder, existing shareholders, they feel quite uncomfortable and really bothered by all this kind of news because one guy says sell, the other guy says buy. Then they have a lot of different opinions and they are pretty confused. And that if they don't really sleep properly and, and, and concerned, I would suggest that they just sell MNSCT and switch to some other week. Because there are many, many reasons to choose from more than 6%. If their focus is really purely on dividend, there are alternatives out there. That's the first option. Mm. The second option that if the investor uh, still believe in this M&A story, mm-hmm. and after this uh, impact portfolio, they are able to continue to grow dividend, the investor have a very long-term investment horizon, they are just investing for the uh, growth in the dividend, basically, they just can go and work for it and also hopefully this M&A is successful. They are able to really increase the bill year over year. This is the second option for a long-term investor. The third option, mainly you'll be status quo against it and just rely on this 6% and hope they can continue to grow this 6% dividend yield and this 6% dividend yield don't drop. Uh, but just take note that when the investor is taking this approach, just take note that the net asset value and the gearing ratio is not on the healthy trend at the, at the present moment. It, it may get worsened. When the gearing getting higher and higher or the NAV keeps dropping, that will impact them in terms of the uh, refinancing and also attractive uh, acquisition moving forward. Absolutely fantastic insights. Thank you so much, Kenny, for joining us this morning. Thank you, Michelle. He's Kenny Lowe, REIT Specialist and Independent Financial Advisor. You're listening to Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.